Welcome to Bethany Bible Fellowship, where we are all about the glory of God and the good of His people. It is a privilege to be able to share this online resource with you, and we pray that it is a blessing to you, that it builds up your faith and encourages you on in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. What a delight to have you with us this Christmas Eve. Friends, family, those who are from out of town, those who are from right across the street, thank you for joining us today. It is a pleasure to be with you. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Very familiar words, but let's soak that in for just a moment. They were filled with great fear. Of course they were. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. This was it. The time had come. That day was here. The wait that had begun all the way back to when that promise was made to Abraham. Actually, even before that, all the way back to Genesis 3 where a fateful decision was made to turn away from this creator, this good creator who made them, who loved them, who placed them in a garden paradise. And after which, God declared, a curse is upon you and upon your descendants. After waiting for so long, the day had come. The solution was here. The fix had arrived. The great twist in history that would turn this hell-bound train around. All of that waiting had come to an end. The Savior was born. Joy to the world. You know, it shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have happened. Apart from a miracle, it couldn't happen. Babies just don't pop out of nowhere. They don't come parachuting in from the sky from some stork overhead. No, no, no. And what's more, superhero babies that have the power to save an entire planet. They don't just show up from Krypton. No, it would take more than that. It would take more than a really good person to fix this problem that people had with their creator. They had turned against him. They were guilty of disobeying him, of rebelling against him, and no amount of of trying hard enough or being good enough or saying sorry enough was going to fix that. No, this this savior, this rescuer was going to have to be someone really, really special. In fact, he was going to have to be perfect, just like 
God is perfect. He's going to have to be sinless, just like God is sinless. He was going to have to have limitless love and limitless patience, just like God does. And he was going to have to have the ability not only to lay his life down for the sins of the world, but to actually be able to take it back up again so that he could offer this life to anyone who would believe in him. This Savior, well, he was going to have to be God himself. But then someone asked, but this doesn't make any sense. Why would this God, the, the one who we turned our backs on, the one who we really didn't want to have anything to do with, the one who we, we disobeyed, the one who has every right to give up on us, to just toss us to the side and, and start over, the, the one who should have rained down all kinds of fire and judgment upon us for the wrongs that we had done against him, why would that God even want to lift a finger to help us? Shouldn't have happened, but it did happen. And that's why we're here. And that's why we celebrate joy to the world. The Lord is come. Psalm 98 is actually the inspiration behind Isaac Watts' famous song, Joy to the World. And it begins this way. Psalm 98, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. What has he done? His his. Right hand, it says, his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. God's made a way for, for the disobedient, for the reckless, for the self-centered, for the selfish, for the angry, for violent people to be forgiven, to be re rehabilitated and restored to himself. You know, Jesus said an amazing thing in John 3. He said, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. Which is an incredible thing. But in order that the world might be saved through him. This is unbelievable. These people, they should be condemned. If you and I could step outside of ourselves and get a good look at who we are, well, well we would do exactly what that queen of hearts does. We would just start saying, off with their heads, off with their heads, get rid of them all. The other day, it happened to me. I'm driving on the 22 freeway back home. And the car in front of me, some smoke is being puffed out the window of this tricked-out Honda Accord. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I see that guy, oh, his hat turned backwards. Okay, I'm starting to think some thoughts here. Then all of a sudden, some stuff starts flying out the window, and there's a cigarette box, and then there's trash, and it's falling onto the road. What do you think was going through my mind at that point? Judgment? Condemnation? But you know, here's the thing. If I get a good look at myself, the guilt that belongs to me, well, it far outweighs any guilt that belonged to that guy. That's what makes the salvation that God has set up worth singing about. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. He's done marvelous 
things. If you and I don't understand the need for this salvation and how undeserving we are of it, then that baby that was born in Bethlehem in that little manger there, well, that doesn't mean anything to us. It's just a nice fairy tale, really. But other than that, it's, it's completely worthless. It's, just, it's actually completely ridiculous. And that's what Paul actually points out at 1 Corinthians 1.18. The message, this message, it's, it's, it's foolish. But to those who are being saved, for those who understand that they need to be saved, it's the power of God. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. God made a way for us to be saved, but not only did he make the way for us to be saved, he actually told us about it. You know, a lesser God, he may have made a path for salvation. He may have opened the door so that a blind man could step through it and be brought to safety. But a lesser God, well, he could have very well just sat back, folded his arms, and grinned in amusement while this blind man goes bumbling around searching for that out, never able to find his way of escape. God's not like that. Not our God. He made the way of salvation fully intending to take those poor, lost, blind people by the hand and lead them to it. And so Psalm 98 goes on. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. Yes, the Savior of the world, he was born humble in a, in a lowly animal shelter, right? He could have been overlooked. That could have gone completely unnoticed. But the author of this salvation would have none of that. Yes, the baby would be born. He would be born humble, most humble, perhaps, of all births. But this message of salvation had to be shouted from the rooftops. And so the skies open up. Shepherds out in the fields have their eyes open to the splendor of the sight. And in their ears reverberate the sound of these heavenly voices, good news, great joy. It's going to be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the day. This is the epic of days that could not go without being announced. But you know, it didn't stop there. It wasn't just announced one time. The revelation of that message would continue to be announced again and again and again, to the ends of the earth, it would go out. In fact, God would supernaturally empower people that had received this good message to go out and deliver it, beginning in Jerusalem, and then out in Judea and Samaria, and all the way out to the ends of the earth. And that going out, that getting the message out, it's continuing right now, today. Many have tried to silence that message They've threatened, they've starved, they've even put some of those messengers to death. They've gone to great lengths to destroy the scrolls, destroy the documents, let's get rid of all of the evidence here, let's burn the Bibles. And yet in his great love, God continues to make this salvation known. And as he does, he makes his goodness 
known, his righteousness known, just like Psalm 98 says, to the nations, to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And someone says, well, you know, um, that was a long time ago. A long time ago. And if I know anything, I know what it is to be let down. Promises are made, time passes, promises are broken. So what if this baby was born? That's 2,000 years ago. Time enough for me to think that whatever the plan was, well, it's long been forgotten. And Psalm 98.3 says, he has remembered. He's remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. When we begin to feel like the, it, it's been a while since Christ came, Christmas, a long, long time ago, we need to remember that it had been a while since the promise had been given to Abraham. Years and years and years of people giving up on God, saying, it's never going to happen, turning away from him to look for other saviors, to look to idols, to look to kings, to look to practical solutions to their day-to-day problems. And you know, none of that had any impact on God's plans. He made a promise. And thanks to no one, to nothing else other than his unchanging character, he came through on that promise. Paul had it exactly right in 2 Timothy 2.13 where he says, if, if we are faithless, he's faithful. That means you can forget everything that you've come to know about people letting you down, making promises, failing to keep them. The God who created you, who created me, is faithful. He's completely reliable and it has nothing to do with your ability to be true to him. If God's promised something, the surest bet in the world is that he's going to keep it. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus was born. Mary looked forward to the day that she was going to give birth, and she prayed, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He's looked on on the humble estate of his servant. Behold, now from all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. At the end of the prayer, she says, he's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. Even after all of those years, God had not forgotten. And then one day, completely out of the blue, there it was, the fulfillment of his promise. And you know, that's exactly what it's going to be like when Christ returns. We've been waiting. For some, it feels like it's been a long time. It's, is it going to happen? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's been way too long. But make no mistake, the clock is even now ticking toward the moment of our king's return. And each day that passes, each, each breath that is expelled from your lungs is one moment, is one second, is one step closer. Are you ready? 
Have you responded to the message that you've heard? This Christmas message of his coming, good news, great joy. Christ came that you and I might trust, be washed, given new life, restored to our creator. Have you responded to that incredible gift that was given on Christmas morning? And for those of you who have, how do you respond when you recall this, this incredible thing? As I was writing this, this message and thinking about, well, what is it that we should do? What is it, what are our response? What's the call here? How do, how, how do, we, how do we respond to this God of ours sending his son into the world? I think that if Psalm 98 is any indication to us, the only adequate response is to open our mouths and sing. Psalm 98, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he's done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And then it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make joyful noise before the king, the Lord. It goes on. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let's, like the psalmist, like, like Mary, like countless others who have looked to him and believed in his, his name, have gone before us, let's magnify the Lord and give him the glory that he alone deserves. Amen? Let's worship together. Thanks for listening to this message from Bethany Bible Fellowship. For more resources, visit our website at bbfoc.com dot o-r-g.